begging the government for something to give them give us concessions. People are saying no, and they're taking freedom back. There's no point in just asking the government to oh ease this or ease that. We actually have to break their restrictions. That way we can stop the new normal or new world order imposing themselves upon us. But you can see now more and more that the vaccine is like the pinnacle part of their machine, which is going to result in illnesses, because people's uh, immune systems are trashed, uh, and death. We can win, and I believe we will win. I think there'll be such a surprise that people are rejecting the major political parties. So they've done nothing, they've failed us. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Piers Corbin coming to the program. He's running for the mayor of London. He has a huge support. The two-party, the three-party system that they have over there is not cutting it. Just like here in this country, the, the candidates that are coming, talking common sense, that are for freedom, that are against this great reset, are getting the support of the people. And he has huge, major support. They just had a large... 750,000 people that marched in London asking to take their freedom back. There's this huge groundswell. Of course, there's a complete media blackout of that uh, march, but it's happening and people are wanting change. They want their freedoms. And so he is really gaining ground. And as long as they don't cheat like they did here in the United States and they use their paper ballots and they count, he has a good chance of taking. He has a good chance of winning this race. That he needs to support more support. If you're in London, you're in London and you can support him, he needs all the support he can get because we need, we need everybody fighting to get their freedoms back. I want somebody in a major city like London who is not for this great, great reset, who is fighting the establishment. That's what I want. And we want it everywhere in the world. We're all in this together. And we talk about a lot of the issues. I think you're going to find this uh, conversation refreshing and where things are at, how he's going to fight for human rights. He's going to fight you know, the crimes against humanity. He's going to fight for the Nuremberg Code. Uh, and it's something that all of our politicians need to get on board here in the United States and, and in England and everywhere. We need to start forcing our politicians to, to back the Nuremberg Code, stop these crimes against humanity. So this is a great conversation. I hope you stick for the whole uh, whole interview. Before we get into that, I want to tell you I have numerous exclusives that I have been putting up on Ebonier and on TV. All the past exclusives, I'm going to start loading even more, but I've loaded about three more. There's a lot of videos when Patreon took me down that were up there that you can't access anymore. So I'm going to be loading a lot of great material that was exclusive for my listeners. So you can go there and sign up for that or sign up for any of my platforms. Go to sarahwestall.com under subscribe and sign up there. Let's get into this really good conversation with Piers Corbett. 
Hi, Piers. Welcome to the program. Well, brilliant to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, you are running for the mayor of London, and I know there's quite a few people running. We are in a uh, crazy time. I know there was a lot of protests going on this past weekend. I think it was actually from my side of the world. I was, I love seeing that people fighting back. Of course, our media, total blackout. Nobody knows that even happened. What yeah, you... we had probably half a million people there. Some figures say 750,000. Yeah, and our, our media didn't even cover it, which is ridiculous, but it's so nice to see people out there fighting for their freedoms. This, this new normal, I don't even want to call it a normal because it's anything but normal. <laughs> what, do you, um, what do you think of it? How are you, what's your stance on that? Well, it was an historic demonstration, the biggest this century in London and also different from all other protests, if you like, because people are there clearly saying, they're not begging the government for something, to give them give us concessions people are saying no and they're taking freedom back and you know we stress in all the debates time and time again there's no point in just asking the government to oh ease this or ease that we actually have to break their restrictions that way we can stop the new normal or new world order imposing itself upon us so you know the demands i'm putting forward as the mayor and uh, as part of the let london live movement and party are clear we say all on this but i'll read no lockdowns and no masking and no covid rules and save everyone with serious illnesses who've been left behind by the covid rules yeah cancer patients and that is people really understand that when you say so we say no serious illness should be left behind and it's it's unthinkable what's going on but that's the point no serious illness should be left behind and the third one is a bit about london life and so on so it might find sounds not so exciting to you but it's no extension of the ultra low emission zone to to a wider part of london now you think oh what's wrong with that but you see that thing is uh, basically preventing people with older than new vehicles driving around unless they pay a charge. So it's immediate bankruptcy for tens of thousands of businesses and it also causes more pollution because vehicles drive around this new zone and make more pollution. So the whole thing you can see if you bother to analyse it is an attack on business. Yes, it is. And London life. So th that's a very popular demand, although, you know, in other parts of the world it might not be well, I think, and I think the it, last thing is no vax passports. We're very keen on no vax oh. passports or testing, no medical apartment. Well, let's talk about the vaccines. And first, I want to talk about the small businesses because I think in, in in different parts of the world they're attacking small businesses yes. in different ways. I mean, they made in my part of the world they made small businesses shut down while the large corporations got to stay open, and they That's bankrupt. Fun. You know, and so it's, I, I see that as the same thing. And what would, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and, and so you're obviously flatly against that. Isn't everyone against that? I mean, what in the world is going on? Did you see well, that there, go ahead. Well, everyone is against it on the ground. Absolutely right. I mean, you know, the shopkeepers say we've been betrayed by the mayor and a lot of these shopkeepers are or black or Indian or, or Islam, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. So they, are, they have been, they have been betrayed completely. Now, what is the argument against small businesses? Well, of course, there isn't an argument logically because they, they're more creative, diverse. They can, you know, move, change shape and do, do you know, they're, they're the backbone of British, uh, actually, life. Um, now, there are people that come up with solutions, of course, who really are part of the new world order, pretending not to be. They say, oh, yes, we'll bring in a big operation to deal with these empty shops. Well, OK, this is what the new world order wants. They want mega corporation control, the consequence of which is going to be lower wages and, uh, um, well, lower wages and, and less creativity. Yeah, just less freedom in, in general. It's about freedom. We want yeah. freedom. Yeah. And you talked about the COVID vaccine. And I, you know, I think it's the greatest threat on freedom to ever hit us in modern time, this yeah, COVID agree, vaccine. Absolutely. And that's why they won't let us talk about it. If you mention COVID on a, on a video, you've got to strike. Yeah, you do. Well, I'm you, sorry, you mentioned vax on the video. You the vaccine, strike. yes. I had 10 doctors before my whole YouTube account was uh, taken down. I had 10 videos with doctors taken down, top in their field, right? And they're not letting us talk. So you had that same problem, but you actually were arrested for saying something that was absolutely proven true now. How, how did that go down with the Bill Gates? <laughs> well, on the first, my very first arrest uh, under the COVID things was the 16th of May in Speaker's Corner Hyde Park, uh, where I said explicitly, Bill Gates wants to vaccinate the world. And we opposed this. And then I was called headlines in the Daily Mail, Piers Corbyn, dangerous conspiracy theorist, brother of Jeremy Corbyn, also dangerous, whatever. Um, but it's conspiracy theory, they said. Now look, we know it's completely true. Bill Gates says it himself. Everyone says yes. it himself. We want to vaccinate the world. And the purposes are evil. As I said at the time, I said, look, Bill Gates is a eugenicist. So we have to yeah. resist this. But you can see now more and more that the vaccine is like the pinnacle part of their machine, which is going to result in illnesses because people's uh, immune systems are trashed uh, and death. A lot of people are going to die as a consequence. Uh, blood clots, of course, happening because of these particular um, mRNAs, but the, the general effect is lower immune systems and therefore the spreading of many, many other diseases. And that's what happened when Bill Gates did some trials in Africa and in India. Yes. Um, the girls he'd vaccinated died at uh, 10 times mm -hmm. the rate of those that hadn't been vaccinated, all from other things. Well, and there's a report that the UK government just put out, and I'm conflicted personally on what that means. They're saying 60 to 70% of the people in this next wave are going to die or go to be hospitalized. That are 60% of them are, it's a 70% are all the vaccinated people. And I am not sure if they're just telling the truth because the, the lower immune system, or they're doing that to just scare people to have a reason to do another strict lockdown or both. Well, yeah, I would say both. You see, everything, every scare story leads to more lockdowns, more social distancing, more yeah. masking, when we know those things, as a fact, don't work at all. But they, they're about control. So all these stories lead to control. 
but you're saying the implication of what they say is that being vaccinated is going to result in more illnesses and they're admitting that. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there's a report that just came out it's from quite, that. Yeah. See, I think their answer is, okay, as you say, more lockdowns, but what about the, but it should be, well, therefore nobody should be vaccinated. But <laughs> their answer, of course, is, ah, no, you've got to have a second vaccine, a special vax to deal with the problems from your first vax. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It is it, crazy, but you meet people that go along with this. And I, I'm severely worried. I mean, I'm wondering, I've met people who have been vaccinated. If you said, I, uh, I, I went to get a vaccine and I realized I shouldn't. I, I didn't want it, but I found myself doing it. And I, I think, what's happened to this person? Subliminal brainwashing coming from television. I, I don't know. Some people have done things which are just not rational in their own terms. Ah. I, I, I agree with you. I've been working really hard over the last year to try to convince people to at least wait a couple of years. Wait until the experiment is done and see what really happens with these vaccines. You, it, it makes no sense to rush right in. If you're a healthy young person, why are people in their 20s getting the vaccine at all? Anybody oh, under yeah. 40 at all? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's talk about this Great Reset, because we know that the Great Reset is so tied, the, the World Economic Forum told us this, that it's tied to COVID, and they want to do this Great Reset, and they have the society planned down to the little bitty pieces. What, what are your plan? I mean, if you became the mayor of London, what would you even be able to do to fight this? And it's it's craziness, but what would you be able to do? Well, fortunately, when they made these mayors, uh, they were given more powers than the former leaders of the councils used to have. So it was working against them if I get elected. And the likelihood of this is increasing. I'll tell you, we're getting massive support on the council estates and in middle class communities. Right. What do we do? Well, the mayor has control over. Um, not 100% control, but key control over the Metropolitan Police. So day one, I say to the Metropolitan Police, you're not now going to do any more of this implementation of the COVID restriction rules. You've got to go off and do something else. You've got Stop to enforcement. Yeah, that's enforcement. So I'm saying the police are going to be out of enforcement, right? Now, you've then got the local authorities going into shops saying do this or that. But you see, they'll be saying that but they won't have the police backup. So we'll then be able to say to all the shops, small businesses, no, just do your own thing. And if they get fines or threats of fines, then I would say, well, as leader of the Greater London Authority, um, we'll help you, you know, we'll combat, we'll work with you to uh, stop, stop these fines. And anyway, we know, of course, the system hasn't got the capacity to, to deal with all these fines. And there's some cases of shops who've got £35,000 worth of fines and she's just mounting them up. And, you know, there'll be cases in the next five or ten years, but it's, it's a nonsense. So the key thing is the mayor has power so that we can then actually end lockdowns. That would, in real terms, end lockdowns. The issues of the NHS and illnesses being left behind we and vaccination, um, I'm going to invoke the Nuremberg Code. Yes, yes. Look, you guys 
are responsible for making sure the Nuremberg Code is, uh, is enforced, essentially, or that, let's say any law, any legal act, any activity done by uh, anybody has to be in keeping with the Nuremberg Code. Now, that means people who've been vaccinated against their will or not been informed, have their bodies tampered with, that is against the Nuremberg Code. So the nurses or doctors that have injected them that could be liable. And furthermore, the whole government apparatus, which is imposing this, namely with a certain minister called Matt Hancock in charge, is culpable and therefore he's arrestable. So I'll be discussing with the Metropolitan Police, say, well, okay, you guys ought to draw up a list of reasons why Matt Hancock should be arrested and, uh, and do so. Um, it's all a doable thing. Now, it's going to involve big conflicts to the government, oh, yeah. of course, but you see, we'll have the people of London behind us. The people are completely behind this. They're, it's the establishment against the people right now. The majority of the that. people who think on their own, we do have a lot of people, at least here, that are with the establishment because the propaganda media is so all include. you know, it just is bombarding you with social media everywhere. Are you experienced? Yeah, it's the same thing. Completely so the same. I mean, we have that, well, the mainstream media, they they hardly reported our march, of, of, you know. Oh, yeah. It's... It, it was reported in some places just because it's so big. But then the police did a provocation at the end and attacked some little group that was playing music in the park. And then that became the news in the media. Mm. So, news yeah, it... management of the worst, worst sort. But, you know, we have to carry on yep everything we do convincing more and more people and when that happens we, we're kind of reaching a tipping point now where i think that you know it's people are gonna your your nearest people around you are going to be mostly on your side as opposed to like a month ago they were definitely mostly against you you know things things were on they're moving quickly in in our in our country we've had certain states and my state being one of them where they were sending the covid sick people to nursing homes and so the, the majority of our death in 80 percent of our death in yeah. my state came out of nursing homes and that's majority of that is because they sent the sick people there you know that that's the nuremberg code that's crimes against humanity did you see any of that in england we did Absolutely the same. It's, it looks like they had a template to do that. There was well, one day there was 4,000 people died in, in care homes and the media reported said, oh, wow. And the, they were trying to find something else to blame. Well, it was deliberate policy of sending people in there who were ill and obviously they had vulnerable people and so forth. So that's what happened. Would you, would you go after that? Would you figure out who yes. did this? What happened? And, because that's Indeed. crimes against, that's major... It's a crime. crime against humanity, and I would call, as mayor, I would call an inquiry. Well, there's a whole lot of incidents I'll call inquiries into, yes. into, the, into what the police are doing. But the thing about the care homes, now, of course, the mayor doesn't have power over these things. So it may be I'd be calling a conference mm -hmm. or a special meeting with the NHS and say, look, where do you stand on the Nuremberg Code? You must implement it. And if you don't, I'll be thinking of measures to have you people arrested if you don't. And then I say, well, okay, what happened with these care homes? Who decided to send in these people uh, in violation of the Nuremberg Code? And consequently, people were being killed.
A lot of people. Say died, I would say that. But, but, you know, who's responsible? And, you know, if they can have to answer these questions. And I have the police sitting with someone and say, well, look, there you are. There's your culprit. Issue an arrest warrant. Well, let's talk about the city of London, because, you know, the city of London is behind a lot of this. Absolutely. It's, you know, the city of London, you got Wall Street, you got Washington, D.C., you got the, you know, the Vatican, you got the powers that be are behind this Davos crowd. How does the city of London react with, I mean, how, how do you deal with that as a mayor? Well, you see, the mayor is uh, mayor of London. The city of London legally is actually an independent entity. And if the Queen wants to visit the city of London, she has to ask. Believe it or not, she has to ask and be given permission. So it's, although it looks the same and you just travel one to the other, it's, it's not. Um, does the mayor have direct power of the city of London what it does? No, the answer is no. But again, it's a propaganda thing. There's people employed there, obviously, and they work they live outside and come and work in there. So uh, outside the city itself, the square mile. So I would have some indirect powers, but there's no way I can go in there and say, you know, you've got to invest in this or that or stop this. So they, they say, look, it's beyond your remit, Mr. Mayor. Uh, but, you know, it's propaganda and pressure. But the city of London, of course, is extraordinarily powerful. So we don't know what tricks they would play. Yes sudden you said well mr corbyn i'm afraid these these this money you owe these debts we want them back now you know i, I don't know what they're going to play now i would need some really smart economic advisors on how to cope with this uh, and also coping with the new world order in the medium term because it could be we're going to have hyperinflation well yes people are going to start dying of starvation in London with hyperinflation. So I'm going to have to think, well, what can you do this? Basically, I'd say, well, we've got to print money too then and give it all to people. I don't know, but we have got to have an economic answer uh, to, to that. And it's not, not a simple thing, but you, you, we know that the, well, the way they can print money is of course only to their advantage. But if we have other ways of, of issuing money perhaps we can stop what they're doing i don't know i mean i've had lots of people giving me ideas on this but they're not formulated as yet but we do it's a big to. challenge and you almost don't it's want to tell gigantic. people right you, you almost don't want to give away your your strategy but it has no. to be very very thought out it's got to be very thought out yeah yeah it's good to know that you're on that. Now let's talk about uh, the Royals and the queen. How does the queen, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the deal with that? Well, the queen uh, and Prince Philip, when did he really die, for example? I, I don't know. I mean, it's curious thing, my understanding of the monarchy is that of course they, in the British constitution, so-called, we're, we're, uh, we've got a constitutional monarchy, but we don't have a written constitution. So this, this, actually, this statement makes no sense at all. Um, the Queen, though, is the head of the armed forces. So they do have, actually, huge power. And it isn't, it isn't just the government, cabinet and MPs telling them what to do. Most of the time, that is what happens, or formally speaking, that's what, well, 
in practice, we're told that is what happens. Yeah. In reality, uh, the royal family and the new world order, I think, are totally connected. That's what it seems like. And they're very, they're very on the same path. Now, do you, do you, do the average uh, person support the royal family? I mean, because when you see the media, the propaganda, it seems like they're so fond over. Is that true? Well, to an extent, but less so. I mean, I, I met the Queen when I was president of the Imperial College Student Union a long time ago. And, and then I would say, and I refused to wear a tie. And everyone said, oh, that is terrible. That's a terrible insult. Now, of course, the Queen meets people from different countries all the time, which do, don't wear ties. So it wasn't a big deal at all. But then I would say 90% of average people would, you know, total respect for the Queen, the monarchy, everything. Um, and I think at the time of a diamond jubilee, um, which was what, I don't know, I'm even forgotten when it was now, 2002, um, they did have a lot of popularity just because she seemed to be resilient standing there. But since then, I think their popularity has gone down because there's been various you know, scandals popping in and out of the royal family, which might be put there to blackmail the royal family into doing whatever they maybe didn't want to do. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. But now I would say the support and respect for the royal family is is low, is low. But most people, I think. Well, and most well, they people... treat them a bit as a joke. It's, it's you know. Oh, that makes sense. It's... But they do actually still have very major power. And I think people should understand. Well, if they're in charge of the armed forces, that's very serious well, power. Absolutely. I mean, and let, let's talk about armed forces because the United States is taunting Russia at the moment to get into a war yes. with Ukraine. It's very serious. And we, they're also taunting China. And, you know, it'd be really nice not to have wars for once and just grow up as human beings. What do you think is our, I mean, how are you going to tame the beast of these neocons and new world order wanting to constantly have war? Well, it's a big number. But as mayor, I could certainly call conferences. Mayor of London has, you know, a certain impact around the world. Um, obviously, we want peace everywhere, uh, but one has to look at the origin and basis of these conflicts to, to ensure that. Um, I don't have detailed answers, but I think one needs to understand what is going on. You see, the New World Order is being imposed, but in whose interest is this? Um, certainly the mega corporation the capital is different from um, from Wall Street or maybe China has actually taken over Wall Street now I don't think that's happened yet but it, it could be however you see what I'm saying is there's different interest groups together and also at the same time you've got the mega corporation pharmaceutical industry now all they care about is selling vaccines and uh, in the case of bill gates actually uh, uh, reducing world population um but whether they care about a new world order being imposed in the way it's coming out i i don't know so these different groups may fall apart at some point in which case the whole project of the new world order would collapse Let's finish this out by talking about what 
what is freedom? What do you see freedom meaning? Because that's under assault from all directions, all over the world. And what do you see as freedom? You know, it's, it's such a simple question, but it really is, is important. And there's a lot well, of people in that. It is very important because different people see different things there, but they all agree with it. But then in practice, once you get together into a new government or, or social thing, then they disagree about what it means. Um, to me, freedom, first of all, about your body. Um, you've got to have freedom over your own body and what goes in and out of it. Um, that is very, very basic, fundamental. Second thing is we have to have freedom of speech uh, and assembly, i.e. freedom to speak and organize with others and liaise and associate with others and organize into groups, which might be clubs, societies, trade unions, but all those things have to be allowed. Um, now then we on economic issues, of course, uh, it can become more complicated. But uh, when we have a system of trading with money, I'd say people have to be free to trade with money and organize and own things um there are issues though of when the state taking over everything which i don't like and we know that leads to tyranny if it's either fascistic takeovers or communistic takeovers i don't agree with that so when you start talking economy you have to have some sort of concepts which may get differences between different people I support the concept of mixed economy and certainly say that we cannot allow mega corporations uh, to have uh, you know, monopoly. So monopoly capitalism to me is a anathema, which in fact crushes creativity, just as does a communistic uh, monolith crush creativity. I mean, I think it's fair to say if you study the history of Russia, that one thing which prevented it advancing was the, the monolith. So the creativity of people was, was, was not, well, people had creativity, but they weren't able to create business effectively in, in, in that communistic society, which is a problem. And the fascistic societies, of course, have well, similar type of issues uh, when ownership is, is, is concentrated, not into the state, but into mega corporations, which is what they relied on, on Cook Steel and so forth. So I don't know, that gives some answers, but I think you have to, when it gets to economics, there is a flexible views on what freedom means. Well, let's talk about one aspect. Let's talk about one aspect of freedom and that's freedom of speech. Yes. In in the United States, our freedom of speech is being attacked. You, you know, we there's they're erasing people off the internet, if you will, yeah. if you challenge the narrative, which the narrative has been proven to be a false in so many ways, but you still can't challenge it. The whole point of having freedom of speech is to challenge power when and, and keep these kinds of things from happening. How Absolutely. do you? Yeah. How do you keep, how do you bring in and maintain freedom of speech when those that are supposed to be, you know, ensuring it are doing everything, the new world order people with all this power 
are doing what they can to break it down. Yes. Well, the principle you have to have for freedom of speech is that, and it is a principle of English law, that for every question, there has to be the opportunity for the alternative question. And this is also a scientific principle that to advance science, or well, irrespective of advancing science, scientific principle necessitates trials, tests between theories, which necessitates public interaction of different different theories um, and experiments. And those are fundamental to freedom of speech and the advancement of science. Because if you look at what happened in uh, Hitler's Germany and in Stalin's Russia, the abandonment of free speech also meant the abandonment of science. Because uh, the, you know, they had the theory of the um, master race, and there were scientists saying, oh, this is all true, all true, but no one could test what they said. And in Russia, if you disagreed with some of Stalin's theories about inheritance of acquired characteristics, in the Russian Academy of Sciences, you would not be present at the next meeting of the Russian Academy of Sciences. Okay, so I'm digressing, but okay, so how to defend freedom of speech? Well, in the end, it has to be from below. So you've got to have the principle of accountability, open debate, and testing everything scientifically. And of course, as mayor, I would bring science to bear on everything, which of course, most politicians haven't got a clue about science and they're misled by fake science. But in the end, defense of these things depends on the people below. Because if you rely on somebody in charge, government or whatever, to defend us, well, of course, when it's in their interest not to, they, they will pretend to defend you or put forward a, the science, which is just bullshit. There's not any the science. There is a scientific process which necessitates disagreement. Uh, so if anyone comes forward with the science, you know that they are, in modern terms, part of the New World Order. <laughs> the science. Well, you in um, uh, England have had some serious issues with, I think it's absolute silliness, where you, you know, when it comes to what constitutes a male and a female biologically, somebody said, um, one of the uh, nurses or somebody said publicly that, the talked about a woman having a womb and anybody with a womb can come and be tested and she ended up losing her job because she dared to say that you needed to have a womb to be a female i mean it was just and she didn't even realize it was just some medical thing and it, it, it's, it becomes just absurd all this transgender political correctness is actually it's it's part of taking away the people's um moral compass if you like and you know when children of age six have been told they can choose between being a boy and a girl i mean it's a thing they barely understand and, and it's it's completely wrong to put those things to children and of course it's also anti-religious the new world order wants to destroy religion all religions and replace them with some kind of i don't know what worship of data or something god knows but it's it's god knows that's it's, um, it's just time to end all that, right? I mean, your your goal is let's get some adults in the room and start acting right. like adults. It, it seems like we've just gone into this uh, Alice in Wonderland type. Yeah, we have. 
is to remove moral compass, which goes to control, control, control. Well, thank you so much for doing, for stepping up, for trying to make a difference and for doing this interview with me today. How can people learn more about your campaign? How can they help out? What do you need? Well, please come along to letlondonlive.org. And there, if you're in London, you can join into the events, We've got daily events of leafleting, like speakering, driving around in cars, making a noise. Um, and of course, if people have got money, they can put money online because we do need, it was expensive campaign this because of the charges the, the powers that be impose upon us in order to participate, um, as well as, of course, ongoing printing of, of leaflets. So whatever way people can help, please do go to letlondonlive.org and you can do it there. Thank, well, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much, Piers, and good luck with the rest of your campaign. Well, we can win, and I believe we will win. I think there'll be such a surprise that people are rejecting the major political parties now because they've done nothing. They've failed us. <laughs>